Well, good morning, International Family Church. Y'all look good today. Yeah. It's almost like you guys are closer. Some, somebody moved the seats around or something. Yeah. It might have been me. I don't know. I started to feel lonely up here. I was like, come on, can y'all, can y'all give me some love and bring some people closer? Welcome home. Good to see you guys. Thank you for coming back. Hey, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Josh Roberts, and my wife and I have the opportunity to be the lead pastors here, and we're so grateful, we're so grateful that you would choose to come to church um, and make an investment in yourself, and again, we would love to meet you after the service. My wife and I will be out front under the red umbrellas. We would love just to say hey to you and say thank you for coming. If you're a guest, hey, take the pressure off. We're a family church. Everybody say, we're family. And so when you're family, you just make yourself a home. You sit where you want to sit. Well, kind of, <laughs> kind of, we, we'll talk about that in a minute, but we just want you to feel welcome. I, I want you to know that we're glad you're here. Uh, the next few weeks, actually, next week's very important week. I want to invite you to come, make, a, make an effort to be here. A new friend of mine and a new friend to this church, Pastor Gerald Brooks, will be here from Round Rock, Texas, and you are not going to want to miss it. He's a dynamic communicator. They built an amazing church, and he's, he's just stepped into a season of transition himself where he's turned his church over, and he's traveling more, and so he's a, we invited him, so he's going to be here with us. And then on Monday of next week, uh, Pastor Gerald and a few other pastors, Norm Du Bois, who's on our board, Pastor Tony Cook from, from Rama, they're going to be here, and we're going we're gonna to be speaking at a leadership roundtable to about 50, 60 pastors, and so this next weekend's going to be a big one, so don't miss it, okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. I want to share a scripture with you that's been on my heart the last few months. Uh, Hebrews 10.38. Hebrews 10.38. This is a scripture that's been um, in, just residing in me that I've been thinking about, quoting, praying over, looking it up in different translations. And I've been sharing this with you for the last two weeks, but I want to finish this little portion about faith today. And next week, Pastor Gerald will come, and then the following week, we'll start a brand new series on relationships. How many of you need some help in some relationships? Don't you lie. How many of y'all need some help with some relationships? How many of you deal with sticky people? Cranky people? We're going to get to that in two weeks. Hebrews 10.38. Can we have some fun today? All right, I came, I came ready to have some fun. Now, now the just shall live by faith. Now, everybody say now. now. Love this now. Everybody say now. now. Not tomorrow. Not when you feel like it, not next week. He said, right now, the just shall live by faith. Who are the just? We've been talking about that. The just are those of us that have received Christ, that we've made him the Lord of our life. The Bible says when we receive him, we have been justified. Justification, it's a big word. But let me tell you this, it doesn't need to be a big word. It simply means that he sees you just as if you've never sinned. Just as if you've never sinned, when you receive Christ in your life, when God the Father looks down, he don't see your past. He don't see your current mess. He doesn't see tomorrow's mess coming. He sees you as just as you've never sinned. He sees Christ in you. Somebody needs to say, man, that's good news. You know, when I look myself in the mirror, I'm reminded of who I am. But he's saying, no, 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 you're looking at yourself wrong. You've been justified just as if you've never sinned. He goes on to say, the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Last week, we had the opportunity to charge the students and charge the teachers and faculty members as, as we had a big back to school Sunday. And one of my charges to them, and I give it to you today, is don't draw back this year, press in. 
Don't draw back in fear, press in in faith. And that, that applies to each and every one of us. Tap yourself on the chest, say, you're talking to me right now. Every one of us has the opportunity, it's a choice, to back up and pull back or to press in and push forward. And here's a couple of things that I want to remind you of that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. That, that number one is that faith people live intentional lives. If you're a person of faith, your life is not an accident. You know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. That means every day you need to be intentional about being in step with God's plan. Everybody say, I'm going to be intentional. Truth is, is we're intentional because we realize our lives were bought with a price. You ever meet somebody and they said, oh, tell me about when you found Jesus. Or someone tell you about, oh, when I found Jesus. And you have to remind them, hey, you didn't find him, he found you. Y'all going to help me today? Help me out today. We, he didn't, you didn't find Jesus. The Bible says that he found you was an intentional act. When God the Father loved you so much, your creator, that he intentionally sent him to give you an example to live by 33 years. It was intentional that he was nailed to that cross. It was intentional that his blood was shed. It was intentional that he was buried. And it was intentionality when the Holy Spirit quickened his mortal body and he was raised from the dead so you and I could have liberty and freedom right now and that the just us, we could live by faith in Christ Jesus. Every bit of that was intentional. I get tired of people saying, oh, everything, you know, everything happens for a purpose only if it's according to the word. Stop taking life as it comes and say, well, this is just my lot in life. If it doesn't line up with the word, it's not your lot in life. I like to play cards and we always use that, uh, that phrase, you know, well, these are just the cards that were dealt me. Listen, if they ain't the cards that line up with the word, give them back. I'll take some new cards. We play a game where we trade cards and, and I get to take some of yours and you have to take some of mine. Listen, you can do that. You can trade in those cards that the enemy's tried to deal you and say, hold on, this is the wrong hand, man. I need the winning hand. Come on now. It's intentional living. Number two, here's another thing about faith people. They don't just live intentional lives. They live authentic lives. They live authentic lives. Each one of us Knowing that Christ is our Savior, we live our life out of purpose, knowing there's a plan for us and that he wants to use us. But here's what you need to know is, man, you were uniquely created, uniquely. What does that mean? There's no two like you. You ever wish there was two of somebody? The problem with a, with a copy of a copy is it takes on less of the real, Right? Have you ever met somebody that you could tell it's not an authentic, true self? Like you meet them and you're like, man, they're nice people, but there's just something fake about it. It's almost like they're trying to be something they're not. I had a friend of mine tell me this years ago, and I'll, I'll give it to you because it's powerful advice. And it's this, God will bless you where you are, not where you pretend to be. God will bless who he created you to be, not who you choose to become. We have a lot of people say, I'm just chasing my dreams, chasing my dreams. I just want to tell you, that's not even biblical. Your dreams and his dreams may not be the same. Now, if you get in the book and he gives you a dream according to his plan, chase that down, baby. He'll meet you right there and he'll bless it. But I'm going to tell you this, if it's just your idea, your a notion of this is what I want to do with my life, you're headed the wrong way. 
I meet so many people that, that choose the wrong spouse without asking the Lord about it because they think she's good looking. She may be good looking, but she might be crazy too. She may not be real and authentic right now. You just dating. You ain't seen her with no makeup on yet. Y'all are laughing. It goes the same with men. Don't choose a man because he's, he's, he's ripped. He's, you know, he's got abs and, and he looks good. He might be lazy. And what you see on Instagram, man, I like him. He's fit. Yeah, fit means one thing. But how about does he have a job? How about is he out of debt? How about is he able to provide for you and your family? Those are things that you've got to take into authenticity. Young people, don't be deceived what you see on a, on, a, on a dating app. It's just an image. Scary. You might get catfished and don't even know it. That picture, 15 years old. So many people are living fake lives. I'll just say it to you this way. I'm endeavoring in this season to live my most authentic self that I can right now for you. And I'm going to ask for grace. Some of you say, man, he, he seems like he's getting a little bit more freer. I, I am. I want to be authentic to who, to who God's called me to be. But you may not like that. So give me some grace. Because here's the thing. There may be things about you that I don't like. And I'm going to give you some grace. This is what the body of Christ does. I want Joanna to be Joanna, who God's created her to be. And I want to celebrate that with her. And I respect and ask the same that you would respect and honor me as who God's put me to be. That's what the body of Christ is. Listen to me, young people. Don't try to be somebody else. You be you. Be who God's created you to be. Go to his word and find out what does an authentic life look like. We got too many copies of a copy and they don't carry any weight. We got too many pastors trying to be Stephen Furtick or T.D. Jakes. And I love both of them, man. I wish I could preach like them, but I'm not. I'm just Josh Roberts from South Alabama. It doesn't mean I can't learn from T.D. Jakes. It doesn't mean I can't learn from a Furtick or a, a so-and-so. Put your favorite preacher in there. It doesn't mean we can't learn from people, but it means you're not supposed to be them. Listen to me. People of faith know who they are. And they know who they're not. And when someone tries to put something on you and say, well, this is how you ought to be. This is how you ought to act. This is what I expect of you. Hey, you just need to cast that off and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I ain't making that agreement with you. I don't know what your expectations are of me. So allow me to be my authentic self. And I'll allow you to be your authentic self. And then guess what? Our church will be a real church. It'll be a real church, not one of those fake churches. I've been to fake churches. You ever been to a fake church? It's fake worship. You can tell the people on the stage they never worship other than the Sunday mornings. It's a rehearsal. It's, 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 it's all kinds of stuff. And then the pastor gets up and preaches, and, and it's not him. He's, he's got some canned message that he downloaded and memorized. That's a fake church. What's real? When you and I authentically come in this place together and you allow God to work in your life, I allow God to work in my life, and we become the body of Christ, a new picture. A new picture. I'm getting ahead of myself. Number three. Everybody say number three. I'm just giving you some bullet points and then we'll preach for a few minutes. But faith people not only live intentionally, 
We live with authenticity and faith people do this. They trust God step by step. Every step of the way. Every step of the way. We sang a song last week and I love the song. It's called Waymaker. And we say, he's the way maker. Even when I don't see it, I know he's working. Even when I don't feel it, I know he's working. You know, I'll be honest with you. When I sing that song, it's not because sometimes I believe it. It's because I'm saying it. I need to hear it so I believe it. Because my flesh is telling me, he ain't working. He ain't even paying attention to you. He didn't even show up this morning at IFC. And I got to remind myself, I don't worry about what I see. He's here. He said where two or more of us are together, we're, he's right there in the middle of us. I don't need to see him. I know he's here. And true this, I don't need goosebumps. I don't need to feel him to know he's here. I know that he's here. I trust him every step of the way. Every step of the way. Martin Luther King had a great statement. I'm stealing it from him today. He says, faith. Everybody say faith. Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. This is where I want to land today for a few minutes as we put a bow on this faith stuff we've been talking about. Faith is taking the first step. Everybody say step. It's the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. As children of God, we have submitted our lives to him. And when he says move, we say, yes, sir. Lately, my son has been asking me, the question, why, 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 why? It's not fun. Everything I say, hey, go upstairs and just tidy up your room. Why? It's already clean. Hey, go brush your teeth. Why? Because your teeth are going to fall out. Hey, tie your shoes. Why? Because you're going to trip over them and eat it. Hey, be nice to that person. Why? Because you want somebody to be nice to you. But right now, it's getting so annoying. Thank you. I got a witness right over here. Lord bless him. And, and I like the curiosity, but I don't like the lack of faith in my words. I said clean your room because I'm your father. Go clean your room. What you don't know is I have ice cream and root beer downstairs, and I want to have a root beer float with you, but I'm waiting to see, are you going to obey? I wonder if some of the blessings you've been waiting are are just one step of obedience away. But some of us have said, I ain't taking no step. That, that looks crazy. That winding staircase, I don't know where that ends up. Faith takes the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Listen to me, and I want to give this to you. Write this down. I didn't put it on the screen because you're going to have to take notes today. Understanding is not my prerequisite for obedience. Put it in your phone. I'll say it again because this is something for you today. Understanding what God's telling you to do is not a prerequisite for your obedience. Understanding the plan, the mission, the dream, the family, the house, the, the money. Understanding the full picture is not a prerequisite to take a step. The Lord actually says it's a walk a step by step of faith. Look at this in Psalms 37. He says the steps of a good man. Any good men in the room? How about some good women in the room? And we're good people. We're God's people. It's okay to say you're a good person. I said it's okay to say you're a good person. Steps. Of a good man are directed and established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Listen to this. And he busies himself with every step. He busies himself with every step. Let me ask you, do, are you busy with every step he's given you? Because it said that he's busy with every step. 
What does that mean? That means when he calls you to take a step, he's already a step ahead making provision for you in that next step. And he's waiting on you there. And then when you take that next step, guess what? He was already a step ahead of you getting things in order here. Well, I'm waiting on my blessing. Maybe it's because it's one step away. I'm going to fast forward and skip to the end of my message because I didn't get to it in first service. But this is the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17, maybe 19, 17, 19. The Bible says it's a famine in the land. And the Lord said, you need to get stepping. Take a step. Which way? He said, I want you to go to the brook. Because for there, when you get there, I've ordained... Listen to this. What did he say right here? He said, he directs and established. He said, I've directed and established a place for you where provision is waiting for you. You get walking. Everybody's dying. Read the chapter for yourself. It's a powerful time. It says that they were so hungry that women were boiling their babies and they were eating dove dung. People are dying. And the Lord said, you're not going to die. I've already made provision for you, but your provision is going to require you to take a step of faith. And you read the story for yourself. He went to the brook, and the Bible says that every single day there was ravens that came and fed him meat and bread from the king's table. Everybody's dying around us. Where's my provision going to come from? I think it's time to open our ears and say, Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What step do I need to take, sir? I'm, I'm, I'm at your beck and call. And I'm going to say this to you right now as your pastor. There's no been more important time than to listen to God's voice for your provision than watching CNN for your provision. There's never been more of an important time to listen to God's voice more than Fox News. Because both of them have an agenda, and it's for you to be broke and for you to stay in reliance to the government. Somebody need to hear this today. You were not born and created to get a check from the government. You are set above kings and priests. You're to be a lender and not a borrower. That is not God's best for you. Don't get caught up in this system of they want to help you. They don't want to help you. God's the only one that can provide your needs. He's the only one that can give you peace of mind. He's the only one. It has your best interest at heart. We get in stupid political arguments around this season. Don't be tempted to get in it. Both of them have a paycheck for that guy on that microphone and that camera to sway you to their way of thinking. Do not be swayed. Get in the word and find out no matter what's going on around me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, guess what? He's right there with me. It goes on to say at the end of that, not only do I have peace and comfort, my cup runs over. Say it with me. My cup, my cup, my stuff, it runs over. I got more than enough because he's my provider. Steps of a good man are directed and established, directed and established, directed and established. It was his plan in which way to go, not yours. It was established before you were born. He didn't need to consult you or other people. It's his plan. Take the step. How many of you have an iPhone? You got iPhones? How many of you got an Apple Watch? Or you got one of those cool fancy watches? Man, you all some rich folks in here. 
Everybody's like, I got one. I got one on my ankle here. You know, the funny thing about the watch right now, it's become a craze. Some of our staff members, I don't have one. Some of our staff members have watches, and, and we have these, these days where it's busy at the office. And we're running around setting stuff up, and we're taking stuff up to the cafe, and then moving stuff to kids' world, and up on the third floor, pulling stuff out of storage, and bringing it down. Take a, we have these work days, and at the end of the day, on our, our little Slack thread, our message thread, we, we ask each other, how many, how many steps do you take today? <laughs> it's a thing. I don't know if you know, but it's a thing. Like, I, I, I walked 18,000 steps today, Pastor. And I'm like, that's amazing. Good for you. <laughs> and, and, and then they compare them. Like, we have a bunch of these days where we do stuff. Like, like serve day was a big day. Mo was running around like a chicken with his head cut off. We went all these places the other day. He said, man, I walked like eight miles today. I was 35,000 steps or something. And, and I said, man, that's awesome. You look good. You know, it's amazing. And then he turns to me and says, well, how many steps do you walk? I said, don't be judging me. Keep your step and watch to yourself. I ain't counting my steps. <laughs> guess what? Natural steps are important. You should. You should be walking. You shouldn't be sitting on the couch eating Cheetos all day. Some of you this morning, you skipped church because you're home sitting on the couch watching, watching us eating Cheetos in your underwear. <laughs> Time to make some steps. Put your clothes on. Come to church. We'd love to see you here. Listen to me. I'm just being funny. I'm just being funny. Kind of. Natural steps are important for your physical well-being, but what about your spiritual steps? What about spiritual steps? What about your spiritual well-being? When was the last time you kept track of your spiritual movement? Oh, we all laughing about iPhones and iWatches, but now we talk about, what about our spiritual steps? When was the last time you got your journal out and said, hey, I'm taking a step of faith this week. I'm going to sow that seed to that person that hates my guts. You know the best way to end a beef is to sow a seed? I said the best way to, to end a disagreement is just to sow a seed. When was the last time you sowed a seed just to bury some drama? When was the last time you took a step and invited somebody to church? When was the last time you took a step of faith and, 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 and told somebody about Jesus? When was the last time you took a step of faith and, and opened the book for longer than a 30-second one scripture? I got to go, Lord. Man, what kind of people would we be if not only we kept track of our natural steps, but according to spiritual steps, we could chart a progress? When was the last time you asked somebody else, how you doing? How you moving? Not your personal steps, not your physical steps. How's your walk with the Lord? Aren't we the body of Christ? Which means if one foot's dragging, me and you are going slower than we should. It's okay to prompt somebody and say, hey, everything all right? Time to take some steps spiritually. I shared this with you. Um, I believe I shared this with you a couple weeks ago about the three relationships you need in your life. You need running mates. Remember this? Forerunners and finishers. Remember that? And then the running mates was one of the most important relationships that I needed in the last season. And so I did just that. I picked up the phone and I called about 22 men. They're pastors across the nation. A few of them are missionaries and a couple of them are, are very well-to-do businessmen. And they're all close friends of mine that I've known for many years. And I said, hey, what would you guys think about creating a group where, where we, we gather together and spur each other on? 
And they said, what are you thinking? And I said, well, with Zoom and everything, we can all meet. We just meet once a month. We'll meet for an hour, maybe an hour and 15, and, and we'll gather together on Zoom just, to, just, to, just for accountability. Yes. And when I said accountability, people, they were kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> How many of you like the word accountability? Six over here. Let me ask y'all, when I say the word accountability, does it feel fuzzy and warm and safe? Well, why not? Why not? I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm redeeming the word accountability for me and my group, and I'm going to give it to you today, and you can apply it if you want, because I, I didn't like accountability either when someone said, I'm going to hold you accountable. Um, I'm not sure that I want you to hold me accountable, because I'm not sure that me and you are aligned anyways on the way we should be living. You know, you can't hold someone accountable that doesn't give you permission. That's just called judgment. If someone's holding you accountable, but you never asked them to, that's called judgment. Tell them, hey, thank you so much for pointing that out. But who are you again? And when did I ask for your opinion? You, I'll stop right here for a second. You've got to be careful of critics in your life. You've got to be careful of who, who, who gets to criticize you and gets to critique you. Because we'll live for people that don't care squat about us. We're so worried about their opinions. I'll get back to that in a minute. This word accountability, I always heard it from a, from a guy that said, hey, I want to make sure you, 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 know, you better not be screwing up. I better not find you doing such and such. And da, da, da. I may, I better, I'm going to hold you accountable. You better not be running around with those kind of people doing this kind of stuff. And, and, and it was really fear-based. Let me back up. It put fear on me. Are they watching me? Are they, are, they, are they here today? Like I constantly live my life looking over the shoulder and I was like, man, it's bringing more fear than it is peace in my life. And, and it was abused. I've seen pastors and leaders and, and church people, Christians use this idea of I'm going to hold you accountable. Well, who's holding you accountable? Usually people that want to hold you accountable don't have any accountability. Be careful. Be careful that... If you're going to lead somebody else, you better be submitted to leadership. And so in this season, as I'm submitted to leadership, I have overseers. We've got an amazing board. We have amazing elders here in this church. I'm submitted to leadership, but I wanted some greater accountability, not somebody trying to find something wrong with me. I wanted accountability of people trying to find something right with me. Then when I gather with these men, that they would say, hey, you're doing better than you give yourself credit for. Because in my mind, I suck. I ain't doing good. I, I'm not the best father. I'm not the best pastor. I'm, I'm not the best dad. That's what the enemy tells me. I needed some guys to say, hey, dude, I hear the same thing every time I wake up. You're doing way better. Keep on stepping. Keep on moving. Don't stop there. Here's my definition of accountability. I'm going to hold you accountable to everything God's called you to do, and I'm going to make sure you fulfill it. Man, when we switch that role around, guess what? You can have a conversation about sin in somebody's life. You can have a conversation about their mental health. You can have a conversation about their physical health because your goal isn't to catch them doing something wrong. It's to make sure they continue doing the right thing. That's why I declare every day, I'm in the right place with the right people doing the right thing at the right time. What is that? That's accountability. So I, I ask these men to come alongside of me, spur me on. Let me ask you, who's cheering you on? Or who have you given permission to hold you accountable to the next step of faith in your life? I'll pause right here and I'll insert a small plug for our small groups. Not a small plug, a massive plug. Because here's the thing, you weren't created to do life alone. 
And I'll say it to you this way. You won't finish your race that God has intended for you by yourself. Because you're human. You need him and you need others to help push you towards God's plan for your life. September 10th, if you want to lead with us, man, we would love to have you lead a group, host a group, whatever you want to call it. And man, on October 1st, we're going to have a big party up in the cafe. I want to invite you to find a tribe. Find some running mates. Some of you have been here for so long, and you've been here six months, eight months, and you still haven't connected. This is your time to connect and find some people that will help you get to where you're going. Some people that will be willing to take a step with you. Take another step with you in your journey. I'll say it to you this way. Every one of us has another step in our journey, including me. Our journey with Christ started with a step. We acknowledge him. That was spiritual steps. Lord, I, I give you my life. I, I prayed the sinner's prayer. Many of you have done that. But what do I do after that? Well, the next step would be to get in the tank and get water baptized and publicly profess your faith to your friends and family and say, that old dude, he's dead. This is a brand new man. This is a brand new woman. Those are steps of faith. And after you get out of that tank, man, you get filled with the Holy Spirit, with the power from on high that, that Jesus gave the disciples. It was a gift so that they could walk this life out step by step, fully empowered, never questioning. And then after that, man, a great step is to get involved in the local church. How do I get involved? Man, number one, get in a group and hang out. We're not as crazy as you think we are. Some of us. It's a step of faith to sign up for a small group. It's a step of faith to attend a small group. It's a step of faith to stick it out for the 10 weeks that it exists. I'll tell you a great step of faith that some of us need to do, Mo talked about it a little bit, is surrender our finances back to the Lord. It takes faith to tithe. The oil man came and filled my oil tank this week and I cursed him from the window. <laughs> Get you off my property, Satan. Because he comes and fills my tank and then he leaves an $800 bill in my mailbox. It takes a step of faith to tithe. When you didn't have $800 in your checking account and they came and put the oil in anyways, guess what? I'm still going to honor God in my tithe. Lord, you get the 10% every single time. Not my last 10, my first 10. That takes step of faith. Some of you, that's a great step for you in the season. You're believing for increase. Honor God with it and watch him open the windows. Another step of faith would be to serve. To join the body by serving others. Our mandate this year is very simple. Love all, serve all. You'll hear me talk about that here in a few weeks as we begin to cast vision for 2024. Our mandate as a church is to love everybody. I don't care where you came from. I don't care how you got here. And I really don't care where you're going. If we can be an assistance to you, you have a place in this body. And because of that, we want to serve you. Many of us are never going to reach our potential because we refuse to serve. Many people will get to the other side and the Lord will say, hey, good and well, good and done. Well done, good and faithful servant. And they're going to cheer you in like they've been waiting on you. And others are going to walk in and they're saying, excuse me, what's your name? You have an appointment? And you're going to say, I'm, I'm here. I, I prayed the sinner's prayer. Oh, yeah, you bought the one-way ticket. Good for you. Hey, um, well, come on in. You're done. Well done, or well, you're done. I want well done. 
How do I get well done? I model my life after what Christ did. He came as a servant, not to be served. He came to serve. He didn't come with a title. He came with a towel. Some of your next steps here, you've been coming. This is, you're, you're getting fed here. God's blessing you. Your, your family's getting connected. I'm going to call you to another step of faith, and that is come serve. Come join us. We need you, and you need us. Look at my friend right here. Thank you for serving with us. Thanks for faithfully serving those kids. That took a step of faith. Busy, business owner, family. No, I belong here. This is my place. I'm going to serve here. And there's a blessing that comes with serving that nobody else can get. Ask my friend after the service. I see my friend John over here. Such a humble man. Came to me two years ago and said, I'm, I'm called to pastor a church. Me and my wife, she was singing up here this morning. We're called to pastor, but we don't know what that looks like. What do we do? I said, take a step of faith. To do what? Attend regularly. Make this your home. Allow us to speak into your life. And when it's time, we'll plant you. I'll help you. I said, what do I do? I'm I'm called a pastor. I said, then you better get with some people. Better get in a group. And they've attended groups. Him and his wife have hosted groups. He hosts one of the coolest groups we have. It's in his barber shop. And yet... Not only serving in a group, he said, no, where can I serve on Sundays? I said, you serve wherever you want, John. We got all kinds of places. And he said, where, 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 where's the greatest need? Where can I be the biggest blessing? And I said, well, you're probably not going to want to do it. But I said, we could really use some help upstairs with the babies. We got too many pregnant women around this house. <laughs> and they just keep showing up. New babies show up every week. I mean, like clockwork, I feel like we got a delivery center here. Maybe we need a hospital. Some of y'all can just give birth right on site. We'll just put them right in church. He said, that's where you think I need to go. I'll be there. And guess what? Every other week, he's up there serving your babies. I wonder if he's going to pastor a church. He's already pastoring the church. Just so you know, when you serve in our kids' department, you're not babysitting. Because people say that crap to me all the time. Forgive me for saying that. That's how I feel about it. Bring me that crappy excuse. I'm not a babysitter. Nobody asked you to babysit. We asked you to minister to those children. Speak the life of God over them. That at the earliest age, they hear about destiny and purpose and calling. And I say this to you parents. We ain't got no babysitters upstairs. We got ministers of the gospel changing your baby's diapers and praying over them. There is no higher calling than serving children. I'm called to preach. Prove it. Oh, I'm just going to stay here for one minute. If you're too big to go up and serve at kids and lower yourself to serve, you've missed the whole point of ministry. And I pray you never have an opportunity like this because it'll be deceptive to get what you want. But I'll tell you this, you've got a call on your life. God's tugging at your heart. Go see Aaron and Kids World today and say, I'm taking a step. I don't, I don't know anything about kids. I don't even like kids. <laughs> and guess what? They'll calm you down from freaking out and they're going to train you and equip you and you're going to come look at me on a Sunday after the service with tears in your eyes and say, thank you for that opportunity. Those kids changed my life. And through them, I'm hearing God clear and clear. Oh, he's speaking to me. 
For some of you, that's your step today. This was not in my notes, so hear what the Lord's saying. Takes a step of faith. Not seeing the whole staircase, not even understanding the full commitment. Just say yes. Go up there and say, yes, 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 sign me up. What am I signing up for? We'll tell you later. (laughs) So many times we need to know all the stuff. How much is the commitment? What's it going to cost me? What's the time commitment? Man, put all that on hold and just say yes to the Lord, and then he'll figure it out. He'll make room in your schedule for you. Some of you need to say yes. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We'll finish this with this. For we walk by, for we do the running by faith. No, he said we walk by faith, not by sight. This walk of faith that we're talking about has nothing to do with your natural eyes. It's about the eyes of your heart. It's about your spirit man seeing what he's calling you to do and saying, that seems crazy, but I'm going to do it anyways. It's the story of Peter in the boat when 11 others were freaking out. Something rose up in him. That was the faith. The spirit of faith rose up and said, you can't sit in this boat with these idiots. They're not going anywhere. That's Jesus. And by faith, he took a step into the unknown. What step do you need to take? I'll wrap it up with this. Because some of you are asking yourself, what he's asking me to do seems silly. I don't see anybody else doing it. I want to tell you, that's okay. If somebody else is doing it, it may not be God, it may be their idea. He's called you to do something unique and special. And it may seem crazy and it may seem silly to you at the moment, but If you'll trust him, he's going to give you a place of favor that you've only dreamed about so that you can give him glory. So so how long do I walk, Pastor? How, How many steps do I need to take? Just one more step. This week, what's your step? This is your homework. What's your step? For some of you today, it'll be a step. I'll give you an opportunity to receive Christ. It's the best first step you could ever make. For some of you, your next step is to, to get water baptized. We're doing it in just a few weeks. Go right to the hub and tell them, I want to get dunked. Or go to the app or go to the website. You can sign up right there. For some of you, it's serving. How long do I walk? You walk until your miracle shows up. You walk until the blessing overtakes you. You keep stepping in tune with the Holy Spirit as long as he's speaking to you. I declare this, God's calling each of us to take new steps in this new season. Each of us. At the end of the month, the last Friday of this month, I'm going to be right here. And I want to invite you to come and be with me. I'm going to cast vision. And we're going to pray together for 2024. People ask me, what's next? What's coming at the church? What are we going to do? What's coming up? I need the 10-year plan. I need the 300-year plan. i just tell you this. I don't have a 300-year plan. I don't have a 10-year plan, but what I do have in my heart is the next step. The next step for this church. I have a very clear picture of what the Lord has shown me and my wife. And this week we shared it with our staff and I want to invite you. I'm not going to do it on Sunday morning just so you know. Because it's not what Sunday mornings are for. If you want to know the vision of where we're going, if you serve in this house, if you call this place home the last Friday of this month, I'll meet you right here and I'm going to share some stuff the Lord's been speaking to me. So what happens when we don't know what step to take next? Because that's usually the last question. I took the last step, but I don't know the next step. 
You go to Proverbs 3, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your, and lean not to your, trust in the Lord with all your, and lean not, everybody say lean not, on my own understanding. For many of us, I've been here, trust me, I've been here, I've lived here way too long that I got stuck in a place because I was leaning on my own knowledge. And the moment I acknowledged him again and I invited him in, he began to speak to me about the next step. What do you do when you don't know what step to take? You go back to the Word and the Spirit. You go back to the Word and the Spirit. Your life is like a boat. You put the rudder in the water. That's the Word. And you allow the Word to give you a direction for your marriage, for your finances, for your business, for your kids, whatever navigational thing you're looking to, to achieve, you dig into the Word and you stick that sucker in the water and you hold on tight. And then you throw up sails in prayer and in worship, inviting the Holy Spirit to blow the Ruach, the breath of God into your, into your sails, which all of a sudden causes power. You are a Word and Spirit being. How do I take the next step? I get in the Word, and by faith of the Spirit, I take a step. And then I take another step, and I take another step. And what happens is your steps turn into more than steps. They turn into a walk. It's one thing to walk with somebody, and they just take a step at a time. Like you're at a wedding. That's one way to walk with somebody, but it's kind of weird and awkward. The longer you walk with the Lord, it doesn't become so staccato. It just becomes fluid. But everywhere I go, He's with me. And everywhere I walk, I know that He's leading me there. And I continue to walk and I continue to walk. And I look back five years later and I realize, look at how far I've come. I'm not where I used to be. I'm not who I used to be. Those things that used to bind me and cripple me, I'm free of all that. Lord, I give you the glory. I give you the praise. And that's how we honor Him step-by-step step that turns into a walk with the Lord. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me just for a moment. And I'm going to ask that you don't get up and nobody moving around just for the next three minutes. Everything I do on Sundays points to this moment. Every, everything that we do, the worship, the kids, I, I want to see people's hearts changed. And I want to see people have an invitation to meet Jesus. Far too many people talk about knowing God. I want you to meet His Son. And the Bible says that if you'll acknowledge him, he'll acknowledge you. What am I acknowledging? That you need him. That your plans aren't that brilliant. That your ideas aren't that sharp. They're good. But they're destined to fail without the creator of the universe blessing them. I want to invite you to meet Jesus today all across this room and say, man, I, I need that Jesus in my life. I need, a, I need a new start. I need to plan. I need vision. I need clarity. I need peace in my life again. I need provision. It starts with Jesus. I won't embarrass you, but if you would mind, all across this room, if you need Jesus, just wave your hand at me. I want to pray for you. I see you right there. Buddy. Yes, sir. I see you. Yes, sir. Yes, 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 yes. Bam. Yes, yes. I see you guys over here. Yes, yes. Hands going up all over the place. Man, if you want to join them, just, just wave your hand. I would say, Pastor, pray for me. I got you, buddy. I see you right here. Second row. I see you way in the back on the left. I got you right here. Got you. I see you. Hands up all over the place. I got you right here. Hey, do this with me. Look up at me. 
Let's pray this prayer together. Some of us are going to pray this prayer for the very first time. Some of us have prayed it many times. We're a family church. Say this out of your heart. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for sending your Son to save my soul. Today, I turn from my sin. I repent. I turn away from it. And I'm turning towards you today. Holy Spirit, give me courage. Give me courage to take this step to let you lead my life. So today in front of my friends, in front of my family, I take a step of faith and I declare Jesus as my Lord, Jesus as my Savior. Amen, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here.